Business Tech Weekly Podcast, episode number 61. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Business Tech Weekly. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Andy Traub. It is Christmas week here in the States and, well, I just uh, technically, I guess, around the world. <laughs> but anyway, today we're going to be talking about technology in your business. Uh, we're going to talk about Skype going down for an entire day. Uh, I'm going to share my reaction to initial thoughts on uh online postage through Indisha, and I think we have some other things to talk about. So, uh, Andy, where do you want to start off with things today? Well, let's start at the top, shall we? All righty. Uh, you know, for, first, I want to throw out something just as a sort of a heads up on the on the landscape of business and, and how people can and should be prepared to communicate with their, um, with their clients, uh, customers. You know, I can remember... Uh, when it was a big shift that I could suddenly go to someone's web page and I could chat with uh, a representative live. Uh, and that was a, you know, an advantage versus the 1-800 number in a lot of ways until people f- figured out that, you know, uh, that that has its advantages, it has its disadvantages. So uh, something that is developing is the use of email for uh, customer support. But I think a new uh, wave of customer support is happening on Twitter and on Facebook. And there's an article I was reading this week in New York Times. They've done some studies and email usage uh, for those who are 50 and older is going up because, frankly, I think they're just getting more tech savvy. Uh, and that's that's as comfortable as they feel with, with technology. But for those, say, in the 12 to 17 category, email usage has gone down almost 50%. Uh, they're turning to other modes of communication, Facebook, Twitter, uh, just text messaging, things like that. And I, I guess it's just more of a heads up of the landscape. I think is changing again. And I, I, I use email um, way more than any other communication tool in my business. But it doesn't mean that in your business, whoever you are as a listener, that uh, you can rely on that as a way or, or it's going to be the best way to communicate with your, with your customers. So uh, it's just another reminder that it's not necessarily – um, the way we like to communicate, but it doesn't mean that uh, your customer doesn't want to communicate that way too. So, you know, be be on um, on alert for you know new trends of how to use these tools. And, and certainly, we've talked about Hootsuite as a great tool to manage Twitter and Facebook and such. So, just a heads up, and we'll have a link in the show notes to that uh, so, to that article. So, if you were going to say prepare your company for non email communication, what kind? Yeah. Of, what what does that mean? What what, what would replace what what other communication do you think uh, you need to incorporate? Sure. I think that it really comes down to are you – so, for instance, um, there's a new expectation, I believe, for companies that we expect you, as a, if I'm the consumer and you're the company, um, I expect you to be listening for your name on Twitter. I expect you to be paying attention to the posts on your Facebook wall. So instead of me calling 1-800 – um, you know, Cliff Company, uh, or writing you a letter, or whatever it might be, or filling out a form on your website. 
I would much rather talk to you in a place that I'm already at, and that would be Twitter or Facebook, where I feel like I can get a quicker answer. Right. And 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 frankly, some of it is that people want to put pressure on companies, and so they use a public forum, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know if that's necessarily fair. Um, but if it gets responses, that's all people care about. I.e., my wife had a issue with a local restaurant called Taco John's, and she put it on their wall. Didn't bash them, but just said, hey, I had a disappointing experience, so on and so forth, but we still love you or something like that. Well, they did two things. One, they, they messaged her privately and offered her um, some coupons. And secondly, they deleted it off their wall, which I think was appropriate. Um, you know, it's their wall. They can do what they want with it. Do you think um, that's appropriate? Well, it's their wall and they can do what they want with it. I, I don't think that I would have deleted it. What I would have done is I would have responded asked, right there. Yeah, I would have responded there, but I also would have asked my wife if she could put a response like they took care of it because I think that shows, no, we're not perfect, but we'll, we're willing to um, take care of you. Exactly. You know, and, and so um, is that how I would handle it? No, but I know a lot that that's, that's how they handled it. And again, I'm not their you know advisor so right but if you're listening i wouldn't delete complaints if you handle them well <laughs> if they're unfounded and it's just some whiner or some weirdo or whatever then yeah you can delete them at your wall right. um but yeah i just i think companies have to be, be ready to talk in different places now and and those are very public places uh that being twitter or or uh, or facebook so right. It's a lot more damaging, frankly, for me to post something bad about your brand on your wall or to go as far as creating a Twitter profile and pretend that I'm you, <laughs> which you can very easily do, you know? Yep. So. Well, here, here's the one thing, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I, what I would say is that um, the more you involve yourself in, in other, I guess, mainstream social media places uh, where you can have commun- two-way communication mm-hmm. with your customers and or you know, community or whatever the case may be, um, I, I know that I'm always more impressed with a company. Like, for example, you know, I, I talked and we're going to talk. I'm going to share a little bit about Indisha.com mm-hmm. now that I've actually had a chance to look at their service and use their service in my parents' agency. Um, but what, what sold me on their service was the fact that they had a Twitter presence and they reached out to me. I said, Hey, anybody out there have a, you know, suggestions on online postage and they must've had a keyword search for for, on Twitter for online postage. And Indisha says, Hey, that's what we do for a living. Sure. Let us, let me, you know, let me interact with you. And I, and I sent an at reply, say, Hey, why don't you call me? And the dude called me. Right. And it's like, the, and, and of course, it's funny because I was on, I was like, I was on the phone uh, waiting for like three and a half right. minutes on hold. And right. dude, my phone rings on the other line and it's a guy from Twitter from the same company I'm on hold to talk to somebody about. Yeah. So it's like, man, that really does resonate with me when a company's on Twitter and they're active. Yeah. And, and it, what it did is it took, you know, is Twitter new and different? Sure it is. But what it did is that it still took a human being calling you through a phone number, right, which is sort of old school. But what I would rather have is I'd rather have someone tweet out, hey, can you call me? And I send them a note back on Twitter and say, yes, I'll, I'll call you. Don't worry about calling us. We'll call you in the next two business days or whatever. And then I sit back and I wait for them to call me. And the cool thing about that is if let's just say you're running a, a call center. Well, you know, you have someone that's idle. I mean, I know people that work in call centers and I'm like, well, what are you doing? No one's calling. 
we talk to each other. Okay. But what if you had this backlog of people that you could actually go call because you made contact on Twitter? You know, and, and that's, a, that's a reality for larger companies that they could actually use Twitter to fill their stream. I mean, Dell, I think, is one of the companies that has been most successful at this. They've actually attributed real income um, and sales and, and, and turning customers around uh, via Twitter. And so I, I think it's a reality, I just, and I agree with you that, um, that it's, it's not necessarily the best place to have the conversation. You know, you didn't say, hey, tell me about your company in 140 characters. You know, you just reached out and said, you know, I, wanna, I, I want some advice. Um, give me some leads. And I'm doing the same thing right now, actually. I'm looking for a, a national bank that's located in Sioux Falls that's not Wells Fargo. I want to do business with Wells Fargo for some different reasons. So, I, I'm, and I put that on Facebook. And I'm getting some responses. Yeah. And you know, not, now they can't necessarily look at my wall because they're not my friend or whatever. But on Twitter, it, I think that's one place where it's definitely you've got to be listening. Um, and if you're not, then someone could either take your identity, or frankly, it just looks like you don't care. Yeah. Uh, and, well, the thing is that that's that's the thing, and and I think a key component here is if you if your if your company your business has uh, a a heart for serving your clients and and you really care about the people who keep you in business, then I, then I think social media is going to be working great for you and, and non email communications such as these public forums are a great way for you to show off your, um, you know, your, your sense of who you are as a company and and your willingness Mm -hmm. to help. If, however, your, your main focus of your company is the bottom line and, and, and uh, extending your profitability at you know at just any cost, and and doing the, what's bare minimum just to keep your clients. Chances are you probably just want to stay out of the public forum and and uh, ask Twitter to shut down anybody who pretends to be you. Because it, it, there's there's some companies I I, I honestly think I, I think probably being in a public place wouldn't be in their best interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's another way of saying you know <laughs> if you're a jerk, don't. Don't go meet new people because that's more people that will know you're a jerk. Exactly. You know, I mean, but you know, you talked about for the bottom line. I mean, gosh, uh, at this point, Twitter isn't charging companies anything to tweet, so or to listen. You no, know, but so, what I'm saying though is that you know, if a, like for example, let's just say, uh, you know, let's just say Indisha. Let's just say I yeah. I just ordered a you know a a hundred and fifty dollars scale from now. And, and my, you know, thing came and for some reason it's just not working. And, and, you know, a a company could argue is like, well, listen, you know, was it, you know, did you insure it? You know, did you, did you buy the extra protection plan? No, sorry, you're out of luck. Whereas, you know, uh, maybe another company would say, listen, you know what, we're going to send you a, we're sending you a new one right away. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to sh- send you a, a shipping label so that you can send that back to us, you know, on our dime. You know, th- th- that's what I mean. It's like it, depending on what way you handle customer service, you may or may not want to shine light into the public on how you handle those issues. Yep. So anyway, so I, yeah, I, I like that. But of course, I, I, do, I, I just want to say I don't see the day. And of course, maybe I'm short sighted, but I don't see the day email ever go away i think in my mind email seems to be one of the most easy and so many people complain about email but um i see it as the most efficient way of communication maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe it's just me well i think 
I think it depends on the purpose of your communication. I mean, an interesting way of looking at this is um, if you want to display your brand's ability to take care of its customers, then I don't think email is the best way to do that because people can't see it unless you put it on your website somewhere. I think if right. you want if you want to show off how happy people are with your brand and or that you handle problems well. Okay. Like, like Taco John's, that's a great it's a great example because they actually have and um Qdoba, uh, the whoever owns the franchises in in Nebraska, South Dakota, and somewhere else. Anyway, maybe parts of Iowa. Anyway, they, they think they own like eight restaurants, eight of these, in a, a geographic within 400 miles or something. And they have a Facebook fan page, and they are just killer on that page. Yeah. I mean, they do awesome, and people will complain there, and they will listen. And so it, it's a good place to see the dialogue. And I do, I just, I don't see email replaced by these other things, right? I mean, right. I can't, I'm not, don't ask me to communicate 140 characters to everyone. That, 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 that literally alters my brain in a way I'm not comfortable with. But at the same time, I, I agree with you that uh, email, in my opinion, is not going to go anywhere for a long time. But Facebook's yeah. already done things like with their messaging system where they're, they're getting rid of the subject line because they found so many people leaving it blank, they, they'll just get rid of it. Yeah. No. You, you know, I actually after I I verbally said the 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 last thing I I said just before this, I, I realized that what I said is is you know if you listen to it word for word value it what it didn't convey what I I meant to say because obviously it's not the most effective. Matter of fact, I think email is the worst form of communication when you want to talk to somebody about maybe a disagreement or some kind of issue yeah. that you have because, man, you never want to rely on written communication. I guess what I'm saying is that, for and, and not to mention the fact that I could also argue at, that, you know, I know that I could actually send an email to support at Libsyn.com or support sure. at GoDaddy.com or support at right. whatever. And the right. fact is, is I, want to? I would much rather pick up the phone and dial a phone, uh, dial yeah. a number and get somebody. I don't care if I have to wait 10, 15, 25 minutes. Yeah. I can sit there and put the speakerphone on. So I, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't mean to say what I actually verbally said. What I do mean is though that, you know, I like the fact that emails, especially for me as a business person, I like the fact that an email will come in with a request and there's not the expectation of immediate response. Yeah. And I love the fact that, hey, you know what? I personally, I'm driven and I have my own principles and values and 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 and, and determination and print, uh, uh, policy in place of how quickly I want to respond to messages. So for me, you know, queuing up emails is the best way for me to respond or to get the request of what people want. Now, right. as far as, you know, giving them the response, that may mean, you know, picking up the phone and calling them versus writing this, you know, four-page email back sure, in response. Sure. I don't know. Sure. Well, you know what, Cliff? I'm hearing sort of something come out that's underneath what we're saying, which hasn't been said yet, which is when you want results, right, which if it's, it's, if it's communicating a big issue, um, you know, sometimes – when you want to get in contact with a human being and get your issues solved, I think there's just different ways to do that. And, and I think that's sort of what we're getting at is with email, sometimes it, you, you can't communicate what you need to communicate 140 characters, so you need email. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what we want is we want our problem solved, and we want to talk to a human being on, on some level. And you can do that via Facebook, via Twitter, things like that. But it's, 
what I want is I want my problem solved, my issue heard. And that's where email is, I think, effective, but slower yeah. uh, by all means. So, so so the question is, should we prepare for uh, prepare our companies for non-email communication? And, and I do... I would have to say yes. I, I think we need to prepare for at least, you know, at least a couple alternatives to mm-hmm. to connect with our audience. And I'm going to agree with something that James Marler in our chat room wrote a little while ago. And I, I'm not seeing it right here. I must have scrolled up on the screen. But he says he can't stand it when he can't. It, it bugs him when a company will have a presence on Twitter or Facebook, and all they do is use that to promote themselves, but they never interact or have two-way conversation yeah do you know that well, th- that answer um i asked i just interviewed uh for a new assistant a new virtual assistant right and um i asked th- like no it was three three different questions what is what is twitter and how would it be useful for my business what is facebook how would it be useful for my business and what is linkedin and how could it be useful for my business and i was literally looking the only one thing i was looking for is any one of these is a great way for you not only to uh, talk about your business and what you have to offer and have a presence online, but, and this is the key, and, and, and matter of fact, I chose definitely chose not to hire the one person that I talked to based upon the fact that all I was given is, is a great place to promote your business. It's a great way, place to let people know mm-hmm. about who you are, what you have. It's a great way to tell people. And, and there was nothing about the fact that this is a way for you to engage and communicate with right. those who make you who you are. And it's so fascinating, Cliff, as you talk about these, because I think it comes all the way back around to what are the kind of people that you like to spend time around or at a party, uh, at Christmas, um, you know, on, in your day-to-day life? You know, is it the kind of person that you walk up to after church and you say, hey, Mike, how you doing? And Mike just goes and he talks about his work and, you know, hey, you need to buy another insurance policy from me. And, you know, anybody else would like to buy insurance policy from me or, you know, it's like. I thought we were going to have a conversation, but suddenly it's commercial time, right? And that's, you know, that's where companies miss it, frankly, is they want to run a promotion to get more people so they can promote to them. And, and, and I know it's more work for businesses to build relationships, but uh, I, I just know that if they're willing to do that, loyalty is very valuable financially, right. <laughs> very, very valuable financially. And, and I think we've all uh, heard, you know, some one of the numbers of if you have a bad experience, you'll go tell something like eight people. If you have a good one, you'll tell something like three people. Um, but I, I just think I know it takes more work. I actually have a blog post pending to, to go out about this, uh, about a way to get more fans and things like that. And I just always come back to, you know what? There really are no shortcuts. You have to care. You have to be listening. And if you don't care and you're not listening, and it's just some trick, you know, whether it's a free iPad or whatever else, um, people will take their prize and they'll go away and they'll never come back. Yeah. You know, it, you have to be real and human. And the great thing is that companies can do that nowadays. They can be real and human, even if they have 40,000 employees, because they can listen and they can, they can talk. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty uh, of the mediums that, that now are becoming much more common. I've got two quotes from the chat room, and then I want to talk about some of the technology things, such as Skype outage and things. But uh, Daryl says in the in the chat room, he says, "I believe social me- social inter- I believe social interaction is personal. If you put it in the hands of the marketing department, such as you know telling everybody about how you know how much you have to offer, or the legal department, it's not going to be personal. 
it will be like it will be like getting a canned email response. Very impersonal and probably not very helpful. I agree with that. And then um, I love what somebody else in here, uh, April, says in our chat room. She says, "Don't tweet about a problem with FedEx if you don't want help." So they are so good at catching people who are unhappy <laughs> and helping them. So here, here, here's a little test. Let's everybody listening to Business Tech Weekly, everybody <laughs> go out and complain about something. Make up some kind. No, I'm just kidding. No, what I'm going to do though is I'm going to go to Hootsuite right now. I'm going to type something like, um, I'm, I'm guessing they're FedEx. Yeah, FedEx. I guess probably. Hey, um, I bet uh, you if you just use if, if they're that good. I bet you if you you don't even have to put the at FedEx. I bet you if you just put FedEx. All right, there we go. There we go. Hey FedEx. I heard here. you're great at customer service. Yeah. Let, let's see. Let's see if they we get a response by the end of this uh, this thing. But hey, hey, let's talk about this. Uh, an entire day without Skype. I, how did I miss this? You didn't use Skype. I, <laughs> I guess not. I've got another blog post pending about Skype right now, actually, um, about using it for your business. Because the irony of this is the New York Times, on the same day, they had an article that obviously they'd taken several weeks or days or whatever to create about how Skype was trying to get into the corporate space. Skype wanted to find more ways to, to make money. They, they frankly have been de- – the, the, they, they were purchased and then they um, – by eBay and eBay sold them off a little 70% of the company has been sold off um, to an investment company. Anyway, they are looking for more ways to make money. And the, one of the things that they wrote about in this article was how they want to get into the corporate space. They want to be a place for corporates, cor- corporations, businesses to use them as their, their phone service. Uh-huh. And, you know, you flip over one page on the iPad and it's, you know, uh, the, the ongoing streaming blog, you know, where it's updated every four hours or so about Skype outage, you know, and it's, and actually they're calling it a two day outage because it, 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 um, rolled over from one business day into part of another one. And, and their reasons behind it are a little fishy. And, um, that, that just, I mean, if you were talking, if you're a Skype salesperson and you're talking to a major company uh, last week, you know, that company is going to call you today and say, we're done, pal. We're not, no way. No, I mean, how much is it going to cost the company to literally have no communications for two full business days other than, you know, email and cell phones and so on and so forth. I mean, you cannot, I mean, that, that's just killer. And, and their reason for it was without getting too complex, uh, because there's some peer to peer network reliance, you know, it relies on other people having their accounts turned on that, if everyone resets or many people reset at the same time, it basically uh, screws up their system. And so they had the safety in place that if everyone reboots their computers, which is what they said happened because there was a Microsoft update that went out, that everyone rebooted their computer. And it's not Microsoft's fault. It's Skype is supposed to have the ability that to sort of reconnect the peer-to-peer network. And it didn't. It failed. Their safety valve failed. And so it, 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 the whole network basically went down. And, um, and, and my point of one of my article, what part of my blog article is going to be, you, you can't tell me as a business owner that your business relies on that peer to peer network and have me feel good about that. You know, so a completely unrelated company, Microsoft, you know, makes a change to their software and their, their reason for Skype's failure is that people reset their operating system, which caused a failure for Skype. And it's just, 
boy, that's that's a hard pill to swallow for someone that you know relies on Skype. I have a, I, I do have. I have a hard time believing that that's really the cause, though. That that that, that is that is that is that is you are you are not alone in your um you know hesitation to believe that because I I know when I was a Windows user I did not you know I didn't ever go in and 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 update and i can tell you right now that i've seen the statistics the stories that talked about that talk all the time about unpatched windows programs that are just sure you know they're just bots for for spam you know and, and stuff like that because people never update their software I, I cannot imagine that being the cause and for it being down all day long but well yeah and it's i mean it's more than a day and when the company says it's more than a day it's more than a day because you know the company is going to make it as small as they possibly can but the bottom line is you have to have, and I think that was the, the, the topic of that section in our notes, was and you should have backup plans for when things go wrong. For instance, you you know um, you, that that time that you were uh, part of one of the cl- online classes that I did, and your electricity went out in your in your neighborhood. What's oh, your yeah. backup plan? Your backup plan is I'll pick up my laptop, I'll go somewhere else, I'll get on the net, and I'm good. Yep. So what what happens if your phone messaging goes out? If you're you know what what happens? You know what 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 situations would basically paralyze your business? Well, here's the uh, thing: it, it, they, like, for example, what if Skype wasn't available today? I, I have I have several shows where I rely on Skype yeah. to connect with co-hosts. Well, yeah. there there are several options that you and I could go to. I mean, very quickly, I know that I could shoot you an email. We could do instant messaging. We could I could call you on the phone and I could say, okay, listen, here's the deal: I need you to download Gizmo Project, and we're going to do this mm-hmm. thing called Gizmo Project, and that's going to connect us together. And and it'll work great for today, you mm-hmm. know. And th- so there's that option. There 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 is the you know the Google Voice via which call it you know that we could use this one time. Sure. But uh, yeah, even Google Talk though. And I, and I uh, this this is I'm going with the pros and cons of of Skype in, in my post. And one of the uh, you know one of the things about Skype is it's not it's not a solution for your main phone number. No. Like you can't go. Oh, I'll use Google Talk because if you have Google Talk uh, or Google Voice, I should say, uh, and you have a Google Apps, it doesn't work. Like if I go into my Gmail account right now, I can actually pull up Google like a phone and make a phone call through my through my computer, right? right. But Google Voice in general is not a phone; it's a phone number that connects to another phone line. So you still have to have a phone line for it to work. So th- the point is, in the age of early adoption. Uh, and you know, new technology. <laughs> you know, it, it. You have to decide how much am I willing to lean on this for the health of my business, and um, you know, and when you screw up Skype, um, you know, you can just say, you know, we've got 25 million people online, and something went wrong with our network, you know, but um, you know, hopefully. Hopefully it sure doesn't happen again. I mean, when Gmail goes down, I know people freak out because there's certainly more Gmail users than Skype users. But um, at least you can still pick up the phone and call somebody. I mean, that Skype that Skype thing hurt a lot of people, including me yesterday. You know, yeah. mostly just my neck because I had to talk on my cell phone with my neck curled over. Yeah. Well, I I I I don't use Skype a whole lot for anything other than these live shows, but I it's certainly. You know, I, I agree with you. We should definitely have some kind of backup plan for the technology that we use, and and uh, I, I, it, it only took one time for you know the my DSL internet was what I had here for a while, mm-hmm. and it went out, and they said, "Hey, we're going to get somebody out there within the next uh, 
you know, within the next two to three business days. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I called Insight Cable and I says, how soon can you install your internet in my, in my home? He said, they said, well, uh, it was like, you know, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. They said, we can be there about four o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I need you out here at four o'clock this afternoon. And so yeah. they came in and they installed, uh, you know, high speed uh, cable access. Now, guess what? Did I cancel my uh, service with Cincinnati Bell? No. Two to three days later, they came and fixed their service. And guess right. what? Now I have both. And, yeah. bo- and both of them work. Now, here's the deal. Every well, actually, every time it pours down, rating. I mean, if it like is a torrential downpour, yeah. I can guarantee you my my cable modem is going to go out for twenty five thirty minutes. You know, yeah. right after a por- torrential down rain, downpour, yeah. and and I just I just go over and I unplug my my uh, wireless router. Uh, you know, my Airport Extreme. I unplug it from my DSL or from my ca- internet modem or cable modem and plug it into my DSL modem. And it's like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> And then as soon yeah. as and as soon as it's back, I I plug it back over to my my cable modem. So I have both here, and I do that because you know I need I need to be able to access these things. Having a backup is important to me. Yeah. So yeah. Well, it's important to every business, and you know specifically to if you have a show, podcast, things like that. I'm 100 percent relying on Skype right now, just given the setup I have. You know. How so, are you 100 uh, percent relying on Skype? You don't have a landline telephone, or nope. I don't have a cell phone, but no, I don't have a landline in my office. Huh. So, and and you don't have another voice over IP option outside of Skype? I could probably do Google Talk or Google Voice through a Gmail account. I think I could do that. I don't know. I haven't because I haven't used it. So, okay. I'm sure I could find one. Why don't you have a landline? Just the expense uh, of it? Yeah, I think between uh, moving to this new office and wanting to be, you know, the other thing I was I was going to tap into the landline here, and he just went with um, that I share a rent office space from someone, and he just went to a oh I don't even remember the name of it. It's 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 basically it's through the internet, but it's um oh it's not called oh I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, anyway, it, it's it's a PBX or something like that. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, internet PBX systems. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know why they don't just call it VoIP since that's what it really is. But yeah. Um, like 37 Signals uses it. Anyway. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. I, I, I would I would definitely suggest getting some kind of backup, especially, Andy, if your business is relying upon tel- you know telecommunication to your clients. I mean, yeah. And at this point, Skype Sky, can go down at any time. Oh yeah, absolutely. At this point, my cell phone was a was a was an adequate. Um, well, so, replacement. so then you're not 100 percent relied on Skype. You've got your you got Skype, right. and you've got your telephone. You got your cell phone. Yeah, but I hate my phone, so well, that's another segment. So well, I I you I see down here in the show notes that you put down. Andy wants a new cell phone, but can't justify it. I think Skype going down for a day, and you got a crick in your neck. Uh, making you uncomfortable during consulting calls. I, I don't know if I could. It seems to me it would be a justification for getting a new cell phone. Sweet. I will have my wife listen to the show immediately. After. Episode 61, send her a link. <laughs> Mrs. I'll Traub. Have, I'll have her uh, call in some feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds to me like a justification. Uh, so, anyway. All right. Um, we were going to talk about, uh, and, and what do you, I can't pronounce the name and, of it. Endisha. It is a Endisha. weird name. It is a weird name. Endisha. E N D I. I want to add syllables in there are. 
So yeah, E N D I C I A Indicia online postage. Uh, if you've ever seen, if you've ever gone into a Staples or an office supply store or something like that, and you see these label machines and stuff like that, Dymo D Y M O is a is a pretty big name in in the label printing printer business. And Dymo makes uh, some some postage uh, things that work that actually are work hand in hand with this uh, service called Endisha. I don't know what the relationship is, who owns who, who, or even if they're just you know just joint venture. Of, I don't know what they are. But here's the deal: I I told you a couple weeks ago that I I put out a thing on Twitter saying I'm looking for some advice on online postage, and Endisha responded. Uh, Jeff, is it Jeff Jones? Uh, yeah. yeah, Jeff yeah. Jones, uh, also known as at Jet. Um, is it Jeff or Jason? Uh, Jeff Drummer. Jeff Drummer. Yeah. So it's it's That's Jeff. His, Twitter handle. his name is Jeff Jones, but uh, he goes by Jeff Drummer on Twitter. He says, "Hey, dude, Indisha and uh, the tur- you know the Dymo Turbo four sixty you know whatever printer changed my business overnight." And so between the fact that I have somebody in my network who who is associated with people that I know and trust says this is the way to go and the fact that that same company reaches out to me in social media i'm like okay i'm gonna try them out well i ordered i ordered the dymo label writer 450 turbo printer on amazon it was only a hundred dollars uh for, for my parents insurance agent agency by the way i ordered the dymo postage scale uh which it was only 41 dollars on amazon and uh, it comes with uh, free label writing software. And with Indicia, they have something called, and I think it's either called Dymo Stamps or Indicia Stamps. I can't remember what the name of it is. But they have software from Indicia that is absolutely free. There is no monthly fee at all. Um, now, they have some paid for software that you pay a monthly fee for. And it's if you want to do all kinds of you know, different shapes and size packages and you want to be able to do FedEx labels and UPS and all that other stuff. But if you're doing just UPS or I'm sorry, United States Postal Service envelopes, maybe mm-hmm. large envelopes, medium size. Anyway, just normal postage uh, that you would, you know, do that way. Uh, then this is working great. Basically, what I did is I took the uh, printer and I installed all the software, hooked it up to my mom's computer, hooked up the scale and installed the software you set up an account with Dymo or with Indicia where basically you give them your credit card and you tell and it said you click you open up their software and you say hey I want to buy some postage from the post office so you mm-hmm. click and it says how much do you want to buy and you choose you know a dollar amount you can choose as little as $10 as much as $250 and so you tell them how much you want to purchase as far as online postage it goes and puts that on your credit card and it and it gives that money to the post office, and now you have that as your balance that the software can print from. Nice. So, and again, there's no transaction fees for any of that at all. It's just you're you're buying the postage from the post office, and then this software basically has the ability to tell you exactly. It's like, is this a regular envelope? Is it a large envelope? Is it an oversized envelope? You choose what kind of envelope you're putting on the scale. You set it on the scale. And you tell the software to weigh it. And it actually reads what the weight is on the scale. And it says, hey, this is how much the postage is for that, for that parcel. And you click the print button. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it is turbo. It's like, 
this little little <laughs> label prints out and it, it is the coolest looking little tiny stamp and you put it on your envelope and you're ready to go. And this is replacing a Pitney Bowes um, entire, you know, postage meter, you know, mm-hmm. setup that I think my parents have been leasing for the last, I don't know, oh, wow. 10 years at, I don't know, $280 every three months you know Whoa. for for this postage and not to mention the fact that that old meter required ribbons that cost like $40 to replace the ribbon and it breaks all the time and that's an expensive break and and you had to buy special labels for that as well and and uh you know there's insurance on the equipment because you have a lease and it's just really ridiculous and it it's a racket home. man it's it a is. racket it is and so you know basically my mom's like well what do i you know do they have some kind of program like if this you know is you know what if this printer breaks i'm i'm like mom if this printer breaks you know you know in three months from now if this printer quits working guess what we do we hop on to amazon and they ship us a brand new printer for a hundred dollars right we can have it overnighted for four bucks extra because cliff's a prime member or 3.99 or (laughs) Oh, but yeah, that's a joke going back to last week. But um, anyway, oh, business that quickly humor people. Exactly. Also, not that funny to anyone else other than me and Cliff. But exactly. Okay. So the deal here, though, is that, you know, you get this thing and it's like two. Let's just say that's two hundred dollars. Well, you're still less than the cost of three months of service with with your old service. Yeah. And not to mention the fact there is no ink. There is no ribbon. It's thermo printing, thermal printing. The mm. only thing is, though. I will say this. Um, The Dymo official label writer postage comes 200 stamps to a roll for $21. Now, I'm not a math expert, but if I'm not mistaken, I think that's an extra 10 cents for every stamp that you print. All right? So that, that, that drastically increases the cost of your postage, right? Well, here's the deal, though. The truth is, is if you add up now for now for you guys, if you're out there in your business and you're mainly going out and buying, you know, sheets of stamps. Yes, this would increase your cost. But for my parents going from the Pitney Bowes system, this is actually still decreasing, even if they were paying the, you know, twenty one dollars for 200 stamps on a roll. Mm-hmm. Well, I did. I, I want to say Dymo, the, the guy that I did or Indisha, the guy I did talk to. And this is why I don't know that I, I will actually get a sponsorship from them because uh, I'm thinking about asking. Are you going to tell the truth? I am going to tell the truth because oh, the guy was really nice. And by the way, the guy who answered me from Twitter, absolutely amazing guy. But he did tell me, he says, listen, now you can go on Amazon and you're going to see that, you know, there are some, there are some, All right. there yeah. are some unofficial stamps out there, uh, <laughs> you know, 700. But they're junk. But Run away. But they're junk. And if matter of fact, he says, if you if you read the reviews, you can see that, you know, everybody hates them, blah, 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 blah. And so make sure that if you buy them, you buy from us. And by the way, you know, if you're one of our premium subscribers, you can get a discount that's like $15 per roll instead of 21 mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And it gives you all this stuff. He goes, but you definitely want to make sure. And I open up the Dymo label, you know, thing. Uh, printer. On Amazon. Uh, well no i open up the dymo la- oh, okay. the printer itself and it says we you know warranty does not you know will not re- you know w- warranty is void if you do not use dymo labels you know and so if, if your machine breaks because you used off-brand right labels then i'm sorry your warranty's void mm-hmm. okay so i went on i did go on to amazon 
And I looked up the original, you know, the official labels, and it is $221 for $200 on a roll. Get this. You can get the Dymo compatible, and it's, it is, this is the, this is the model. SHIP hyphen 30915. And it is, it is Dymo compatible stamps. They are, they look exactly the same. They, they, the only difference is they do not say indicia.com all over them. <laughs> 700 stamps per roll for $4. Nice. 700 stamps on a roll for $4. And guess what? That is what I put into my mom's uh, um, Dymo printer, and it right. works perfectly. And by the way, uh, I this is okay. I, here's the deal. I I I probably can't go to Indisha now. I, I I might as well just forget about the idea of going to them for a sponsorship. I'll have to think of somebody else. But <laughs> if you go to Amazon and you look at the the user ratings for the Dymo official label writer postage uh, stamps, yeah, one and a half star reviews because of how expensive they are, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You go to the Dymo compatible SHIP 30915 section in iTunes, five star reviews and tons of people praising how awesome it is that you can get 700 uh, stamps for $4. And I would be, I need to probably go in there and put a five star review on that as well. <laughs> Just saying, hey, this is good stuff. Yeah, you know, hey, if it breaks your printer, spend another hundred dollars. I was gonna say, if your maybe your printer should be more expensive. <laughs> so, I don't know. I but the one thing I want to say though, I I will say this. I, you know, I'm just gonna tell it like it is on the on on the on the stamps. I think that that's where they make a lot of money is on those stamps, uh, yeah. trying to get you to buy their official Dymo stamps. But the service, amazing. Uh, it, it really is. Their their software is free. They have ma- the, the the both the 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 printer that I talked about, the Dymo Label Writer 450 Turbo, the Dymo Scale, and the software available from uh, Dymo for the free label writing stuff, and also the software from Indicia available both Mac and PC. Nice and. Absolutely. I, I, matter of fact, I, I, I'm almost tempted to go and get one for myself. The only thing I will say, if I were to get one for my own personal business, I would get the Dymo Label Writer Twin Turbo. I'm not sure if it's a 450 or 460. <laughs> Is that a plane? Yeah, but it's <laughs> it's 144 dollars, and basically it has it has two places for two different types of labels so you could have stamps on one side and you could have other labels that you could actually print out and put you know on stick on envelopes and stuff and the cool thing is you could put your company logo on those stamp on those labels oh there you go yeah so anyway that's my review i want to say endisha.com e-n-d-i-c-i-a.com their service especially their it's i think they just call them dymo stamps but anyway the the deal is absolutely free and and it works beautifully and e- even for my parents agency they are absolutely happy awesome well and you know i think it, another way of looking at this and we're not we're not dumping on indicia because i i don't think that well hopefully i hope, I hope their business model is not uh <laughs> built on their 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 stamps or whatever but you know not every company can do everything Wonderful. Meaning, they might make great. They might make a great system and a great machine, 
but someone else came in and swooped in and, and is able to offer that stuff a lot cheaper, you know? And so just as a company, instead of looking at it as such a threat and go, okay, well, how can I make these other parts of what I do better? And, and it, it sounds like they're doing the right thing because they are offering great customer service and a great physical product uh, in the machine. Uh, but sometimes you just, you know, you're not going to win the price game. Yeah. You know? Well, the just thing the is, I, I think what De- De- um, Indisha has is where they get their, uh, some other places in their business model is, um, you know, they do have other services that allow you to do more. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who have businesses where shipping is not just, you know, using UPS or I'm sorry, the po- United States Postal Service. So they're also using FedEx and UPS and they have other software out there where you do pay a monthly fee so that it can give you all the postage, all the shipping rates for all the different services and, right. and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, they have a great business model. I mean, it, trust me there, you know, if I think if you use use their free service and you get the cheaper stamps elsewhere, I don't think you're going to, you know, bankrupt this company. Um, but I just want to let people know that for a small business like my mom and dad's who basically 99% of all the mail they ever sent out are envelopes somewhere between, you know, less than an ounce up to about six or seven ounces. Uh, and it's all pretty much, uh, you know, regular envelopes. I, yeah, I, I think it per, it's perfect. Now, if you do, if you do, you know, shipping out, like, I don't know if you have necklaces and, uh, you know, physical product you ship out, then chances are Indisha is still going to be a great option for you. And you'd probably be uh, wonderful with either their $15 a month plan or even $30 a month plan to have the access to all that other stuff. So I, I think it's a great service and I, I'm, I'm really happy uh, with my parents set up. And like I said, um, you know, I, I, I could see myself getting one of those here uh, just so I don't have to run to the, the store anymore. And I love, I love the idea of having that double label printer so that I can print labels and easily stick them on my envelopes when uh, I want to with my custom logo and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Beauty. All righty. Beauty. So yeah, indisha.com. Thank hey, you. we had a sweet update to a service that, um, boy, if, if it goes out of business, I could find a way around it, but I'd be very, very sad. And that was Dropbox, uh, which is one of our first episodes that we talked about Dropbox. So they had a great update. And then basically, I think that you asked them to do something, Cliff, and they, they just they specifically you know, made it just for you. Isn't that how that worked? That, that's pretty much here, yeah. So that's <laughs> how, how the internet rolls. Right. Exactly. So believe it or not, they just upgraded to version 1.0 for <laughs> Dropbox. You know, they're awesome and they're only at 1.0. Exactly. Right. So what they gave us is sele- the ability to do what we call selective syncing. And this is very important for me because I have a Mac mini that has a pretty small hard drive. How big? Um, I don't know. I have no idea. But it's, 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 it's small enough to where if I... I mean, it's not 500 gigs. Right. It's not that. Oh, okay. it, it, so anyway, the thing is, though, is it, there's the potential, you know, and also not only that, but I also have a netbook that has like a 16 gig flash drive in it. Oh, okay. Wow. You know, solid state drive. So if I, if I wanted to install, um, I know this, if I installed the Dropbox on my 16, uh, 16 gigabyte netbook which has already used up most of its memory for operating system and programs and software if i install dropbox on there and i've got another six gigs of data on my dropbox account um it's going to run out of space and matter of fact it has and i had to actually take it off but now i can install on there and i can say hey on this computer 
I only want to sync these three folders. Mm -hmm. And so selectively, I can choose that now. And I love it. Nice. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think, I mean, I try to wrap my head around that. It's sort of complicated in my brain to figure out how in the heck they did that. But it's wonderful to be able to to, to basically parcel out what you want to share with people and what you want to share within your own computer network. So it's, uh, let me ask you, Cliff, this, what is, what is the labor involved with the alternative of Dropbox, which is your own network? Say that again. I mean, uh, people who don't have Dropbox, right? Like uh-huh. there's a business, one of the businesses I work with here locally, they go, Oh yeah, it's on our shared, it's on our shared drive. Right. Um, and so they have their shared drive where they go, oh, yeah, it's, it's over there on our shared drive somewhere. And I go, okay, well, I have Dropbox. They have a shared drive. My Dropbox costs me, gosh, I don't remember how much it cost me. 50 Mine's bucks free. A year. Mine's free. Well, I have the 50 gig one. So yours is free. Um, I have the 50 gig one. I don't know if it's like five bucks a month. Or I don't know what, remember what it was. But um, so the alternative for businesses, and I guess I'm just trying to ask this question for those who go, would this work for us? is at some point someone set up a shared drive for them. And I guess my question is, where is that shared drive stored physically? Because my confidence with Dropbox is if I drop my Mac in a lake, I can just go to Dropbox on any other computer or dropbox.com and, and go get those, those files somewhere else. Yeah. You know? that, that, that is, that's the thing. I, I would prefer having drop. I mean, obviously there is, you know, if you want to use a 50 gigabyte account, um, then, then obviously there is a little bit of expense with Dropbox over using just a shared drive somewhere on on site. But the nice thing about you know uh, Dropbox is that um, you do have the ability to to think, hey, I can install Dropbox anywhere, and I can have you know all of my data that's on this shared Dropbox drive uh, mm-hmm. on multiple computers in multiple sites. Now that could even be a security concern of yours. So so maybe that's another thing. But the other thing is is of course. You know, you could always have an account like, um, uh, let's just say you have a computer on site that it, that is hosting that shared drive. Well, you put right. you put Backblaze on that drive right. for five dollars right. a year. What is, is it? Five bucks a year? No, or is it five dollars a month? Got to be a month. Five dollars a year. They're not staying. Open. I think it, yeah, it's five dollars a month. So yeah. for five dollars a month, you get you get Backblaze on that computer, and so it. it then, which by the way is unlimited. So let, let's just say my shared drive in my office is a is a one terabyte drive, and yeah. I put, and I put Backblaze on that. Well, then I have everything that drop. Well, not everything that Dropbox has because Dropbox I can access via you know the iPad and iOS and all these other services. Right. But still, for the idea of of backing up and having a copy up in the cloud, but still having the ability to share. I don't know. I I'd say it just depends on what your business is and how you want to do things. But I really like Dropbox. Yeah, yeah. It, it I've used it a lot more just the way that my business is structured. I've got projects I'm trying to manage. And I need information from clients, and I'll say drop in the Dropbox, or I'm hiring out. Uh, I was talking to one of, one of the guys that does a lot of artwork for me today, and I said, "Have I shared that folder with you yet?" Because I was, you know, actually, I was asking him to give me some artwork from our, our church's website. And I said, "Have I shared that folder?" He said, "Nope." And I shared it, and five minutes later, he had access to all the artwork for that page, um, it, because Dropbox just makes it really simple. So let me tell you yeah. something, and of course, the people who listen to all my shows, they're going to hear this. Probably up to three times if I tell you now. You know, I'll say this. Uh, they're used to it, Cliff. I'm used fine. to hearing your stories. You're like Dan Miller in that way. 
<laughs> how many times have you heard the story about the tree that someone turned into an eagle? Yes, you know? exactly. But that's well, okay. Well, here, 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 here's the deal. Um, uh, Dropbox, I just found a, a new use for it. It's, it's something I had tried to do once before with my last virtual assistant, Andrea, and her internet connection just wouldn't, you know, wasn't feasible to make that happen. But here's the deal. Right. This morning, I recorded uh, Help I Got a Mac with Chris Biting. He was in studio. After I was finished, I stuck my SD card into my uh, iMac. I took the file, drug it into my Dropbox folder that's shared with my new assistant, Amy, and I then went on to hang out with Chris for a little bit before we recorded our second show today, uh, which was Social Media Serenity. While I was hanging out with Chris, this is what happened. Dropbox uploaded the folder to their servers very fast, by the way, uh, downloaded it to Amy's computer. Amy then pulls that file out of the Dropbox she renames the file. She opens it in Adobe Audition, which is installed on her computer now. She mm-hmm. has been trained exactly how I process a file. So she does the multiband compression, saves the file. She then tags the file exactly how I showed her to tag the file. She then uploads the file to Lipson. She posts all the show notes and the link to the file on all of my websites. And then when she's done, she puts the newly revised, updated edited version of the file of my episode back into Dropbox and sends me an email and says, Cliff, by the way, uh, you know, help I got a Mac, you know, that you've sent over is posted online and, and the new copy is, or the updated version is in your Dropbox folder. All, oh, yeah. of, all of that happened before I hit started recording the second show of the day. Nice. I will tell you. And, and by the way, those half of most of that process all the way up to uploading the lips and I was doing on my own here on my side and to be able to just take the file off of the, I don't even have to come up with the name naming scheme of the file. You know, mm-hmm. she renames the MP3 file for me. So I just drag the file off and put it in Dropbox and boom, it's done. Yeah. And I do the same thing with my VA a lot now too. I mean, it's, I think the beautiful thing about it is just the, how dynamic and how it just sort of works. I mean, it just, it's, and again, I, you know, I don't know if Dropbox has had any failure since I've been a customer. By the way, it's $99 a year or $10 a month. So it's either $10 a month or $8.30 a month if you do the year long for the 50 gig. And you just double those prices for the, uh, for the 100 gig Dropbox storage. But um, when it becomes part of your workflow, which we talk a lot about on our show, you, know, you really come to rely on it because, frankly, it's just very consistent. And um, it, what, it, what it asks to do, it does very well. So... Very cool. All right. Anything else on our planned agenda for the day? Uh, let's take a look, Steve. Andy, um, Andy wants a new cell phone. <laughs> I do. And, you know, I, here's, here's, my, here's my thing, Cliff. Yeah. I am around a Wi-Fi signal. Jeez. At, at least 90, 90 to 95% of my day. A very good Wi-Fi signal. And so, um, you know, I, I very rarely travel. I do it's just for a few days at a time i mean i have a cell phone but it's so funny because people like go so which do you have the three or four and i go three or four what and they're like iphone I'm like i don't have an iphone i have i'm currently sporting an lg rumor or something it's on my wife's old phone you know like but there's this there's this things i want to be able to do and that's why i really think um not from a cell phone perspective that's the thing it's like i want it for other things uh but i don't want to put an ipad in my pocket <laughs> you know and yeah. yes i know you can buy pants that have an ipad pocket okay i've seen them but uh you know i i just 
I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm not trying to be cheap. I'm just trying not to waste money because I don't want to spend $80 a month. And here's the other thing. I really would love to get an iPhone, but you can't get one unless you jailbreak it here in South Dakota. And so I don't want to get an Android phone and be locked in for two years when I could get an iPhone in the next, you know, year. So I don't know. I want it. I want it to be part of my workflow, and I want it to be a necessary expense, not just uh, well, I've got to get one because everyone else has one. Yeah. Um, but well, I don't know. If that, I if I were in your situation, if I were in your situation where there was no AT and T coverage, I would certainly have the same reservations. Although I will say that that honestly. Um, if I wasn't such an Apple fanboy, I would tell you that the you know probably that that one, there's one droid that is like really large. It, it's really cool. Um, that I think the is, one that's like almost a mini iPad. Yeah, my yeah. friend has one. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculously huge. Yeah, but but at the same time, it, it, I mean, Android does so many things that that an iPhone can do that would be what I would say are you know are the you know justifications of getting you know a smartphone right. you you, right. you would have the ability to to do your calendar on the go you would have the ability to send and receive email on the go you yeah know, you would have well, the it's ability have google voice capability in a way that the iphone and it's going to have a lot of apps that you can use for productivity in your business and all of that other stuff yeah but what i will say though is is that you know i i, I yeah and and again i i i'm speaking from somebody you're you're i'm speaking as someone who does not have an android phone but man, I can't imagine not having an iPhone, and well, I cannot imagine having an iPhone and running my business. I I just love my iPhone yeah. that much. Here, here's a big thing because I've had an Android phone. I mean, I got one for like 28 days from Sprint and tried it out or whatever. Here, here's the thing that I just—it's another operating system. Okay, Cliff. Yeah. You and I are distracted enough. We, you know, yes, we're disciplined in some ways, but man, you show me something new, and I'm like, oh, I want to try that out. I want to test it out. You know. Yeah. Say I'll say I'm doing it in the name of Business Life Weekly, but really it's just the way God has wired me. I just like new fancy things. But, but, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to learn Android. I don't want to learn their their Android market. And I don't want to. You know, I just I I'm I I like my iPad. I don't I like to buy universal apps, and and I'd love to have all these things synced to one computer through my Mac, which I could do with an iPhone and iPad. You know, it's just. Yeah, I just yeah. I don't want to complicate my business and my life. There's there's more important things to focus on than learning another operating system. So I think that's that's the big reason for holdout. Yeah. So. Well, the one question you put in the show notes is an is an iPod Touch a valid alternative to a, a smartphone? And I'm going to absolutely say hands down no. I don't think so. Because there's too many workarounds. There, well, yeah, it, it's too many workarounds. It it. Basically, yeah, sure. Ninety-five percent of the time, this still it's going to be that five percent of the time that it, you know, that you're not around the cell phone signal that you know if your wife can't call you, you know, and, and get in touch with you when there's whatever you need. Or um, the other thing is, of course, you know, it's like so you got Wi-Fi and you got you know, all this other stuff, but Skype happens to be down. I mean, I, I can't tell you. I, I mean, in the last, I I've had a cell phone, a cell phone for. I'd say probably at least maybe 17, maybe even 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had it for a very long time. I can probably, na- I could probably count on both on with the number of fingers I have tied to my physical body. I could count the number of hours that I've been without cell phone service in, in all of those years. 
Right. And so, you know, the, the cell phone service is, is reliable, dependable. Voice over IP, I, you know, I use it a lot. But I just I just don't see depending on it. I don't I don't see any problem with you using Skype, you know, with your great bandwidth in your business. Right, right. But man, I, I'd hate to have another voice over IP via your wireless internet be your backup. Right. Well, then you can't use iPod Touch as a phone to your head. You got to use a Bluetooth with it. So it's like, how many devices do you need before it's like? Yeah. You know, like you just look like some Tron person. You know, I, you got these things I, I strapped. Would, I, would, I would rather have your LG flip phone or whatever than that, than uh, than an iPod Touch as a as a phone alternative. Yeah, I, I would. I'd rather have the you know the little twenty dollar burner phone from Walmart prepaid, <laughs> and having my my Google Voice account forward to it. I'd rather have that than to try to use an iPod Touch as a as a phone. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, we'll see where Christmas brings. Yeah. But I don't I don't <laughs> think but and, and the other thing is I don't think you have to have a, a smartphone. I really don't. No, I don't either. And that's what's so funny is I, at the end of the day I look at my needs and my wants and I just don't think it's a need. It's yeah. which is interesting. But you know, when you're when you're not traveling as much as you know, I mean my commute on the bus is ten minutes. Yeah. So Yeah. Anyway. I, I would like to say that it's it's definitely a need to have a smartphone, <laughs> and I I I, I, w- I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to be without my iPhone, but I could certainly do business without it. I could, I wouldn't want to, but I could. Yeah, that that's that's what I got to say. Anyway, Andy, Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, brother. I'm I'm excited that uh, the season is upon us. Uh, we've got a lot to be thankful for. Um. First, our salvation, but secondly, we've been blessed with great families and businesses. So, uh, thanks to listeners of Business Up Weekly. Thanks to you, brother. And uh, Merry Christmas to everybody listening. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs>